Today we're going to be looking at Ephesians and I've been given a number, chapter one to, to, uh, to, to speak about. Um, it, it start, the title of this is called Eternally Blessed. So it's a, it's a, a, big, a big one, it's a big topic, isn't it? Um, money, money, they say money makes the world go round. Well, it does, doesn't it, to some degree. The, Lord, the Lord's power makes the world go round. But without money, we can't really do that much, can we? Um, the, the, this study starts off with t- just getting our minds thinking about you know, the wealth in the world and, and, and on the other end of the spectrum, the, the poverty as well. Je- Jeffrey Preston... He's the CEO of Amazon, and he's worth £165.5 billion. Pounds. Um, it, 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 it's no longer Bill Gates' number one. Bill Gates is only a poor man. He's only worth £103 billion. Pounds. Anyone know who Larry Page is? He, he's the CEO of Google, and he's, worth, he's only worth £53.5 because he's got a partner. <laughs> Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who's he? Yeah, <laughs> he's worth seventy-five and a half billion pounds, and um, the founder of YouTube, which got sold out to face um, to Google, is worth fifty-five million. So he probably should have stuck around a bit longer, shouldn't he? <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> I've I've often um, pondered and prayed and. Uh, thought and even prayed the Lord forgive me about money and I don't know if I'm the only one who's thinking like this but I'm thinking I'm the son of the king of kings so Lord you know what about all these people here they don't even know you're after them you know can I have some of that wealth and 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 this is our human way of thinking isn't it is anyone guilty of having those thoughts you know we expect that the Lord should favour us in a serious financial way because the Lord is Jehovah Jireh without a doubt and he will never, ever leave us short. But he doesn't give us what we want, does he? He gives us what we need. Um, and so I, I, I was thinking, when I, in past times, not now, I turned the corner now, I was thinking, Lord, maybe there's some mistake, you know, I should have, should have been born, born to a wealthy king. <laughs> Father, forgive me. <laughs> I was like, hello, Lord, it's me here, you know. And, I, and then I've been through the national lottery stage. Anyone been through that stage? <laughs> Going through it. Bless you for your honesty. And so, you know, um, I thought, well, I'm not going to waste time d- doing ticket after t- ticket, week after week. I'm just going to, like, really pray into this. Just buy the one. And then, and then you know, if, the, if this is the Lord's will. Been there, done that, didn't win. <laughs> Guess what? I'm thinking, if we're Christians, we've probably got less chance of winning the lottery. Because God's got our destiny. And I guarantee he doesn't want us to win the lottery. Why would he? So... If, we do, if we're in that, I actually felt to, to talk upon, just mention that, touch on that topic. If, if, we do, if we're living that and we're doing that, do you know what? Don't waste another penny on it. Invest it into, the, into God's kingdom, into your own lives, into your own family. Bless you. So we, we live in a world where people measure success by cash, don't we? And, and I think 
that even God's people get sucked into this as well. How many times do we check our bank balance? Um, with mobile online banking, you can even check it laying in bed at night. Anyone done that one? <laughs> I have, I have, I'm sad. <laughs> well, I'm a, I, you know, I was going to say I'm a businessman. I, I, I run my own business. And so, and so sometimes you worry about money and you're checking that you've got enough and this check's cleared and all this type of garbage. So, ever gone to the ATM and seen that dreaded DR next to the balance? Or maybe you've checked and it wasn't as much as you hoped for? And, and, and some of us um, are like Mr Bean. This sticks in my head, this. Do you remember the Mr Bean books from years ago? And, and, and Mr. Mean, he, he, his house was falling to bits, but he had these stockpiles of cash, and he used to just count them daily, count, but he'd never spend any of his wealth. Mr. Mean. Uh, there was m- many times when I first started my business, which, which is actually 23 years ago now. And, and, and when, when I first started out, I remember loads of times going to the cash machine, and there was nothing there. I was like... Absolutely nothing there. And there's no worse feeling. But this story... Um, sorry, uh, there is a story about a retired American American man. Uh, he worked for General Motors. His name was Ronald Page. And he had mistakenly had his bank account switched to a pay-it-all account, which basically meant there was no limits on his card. Whatever he spent on his debit, it, it was on limitless. It was limitless and... The cash machine, would, even though cash machines have a daily limit, he could just keep putting his cards in. And, and this guy eventually went bankrupt and, and, and blew. He, he was a retired man, and he blew his one and a half million inheritance or savings. And um, very sad. So resp- responsibility comes with, with this. So today, I have much better news than all this. We are going to be looking at Ephesians Chapter 1, verse 3 to 14. So, let us read. You can read along with me in your Bibles. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing that is in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him in him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will that we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise of his glory In him you also trusted, after you heard the truth of the gospel of your salvation. In him also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance in the redemption 
of the purchase possession of the praise to the praise of his glory. Meg, do you want to come up and explain all that? <laughs> Hello, Eve. I didn't see you there. <laughs> so, Ephesians 1 verse 3 is our memory verse of today. So, so if you can find that in your Bibles, um, we're all going to say it out loud together. And it doesn't matter if you've got a dodgy version. The, the, the Lord will forgive you because he's very gracious. <laughs> so are we all ready to read? Okay, so Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Wow. It's all right, it's just good to speak it out. Uh, if we had an overhead, I would have done it in this. But yeah, we, we haven't, so. So unlike checking our bank balance, every time we, we read this, it is always super fantastic news because this first verse tells me that my overall bank balance in the heavenly spiritual account is every spiritual blessing in Christ. A phrase that appears in the verse... In verse three, in, sorry, in chapter three, verse fourteen, eleven times, uh, verses three to fourteen, eleven times. Uh, in the in, in the original language, that is, because sometimes you know we ch- we change things a little bit. So all and all the promises of God, two Corinthians, uh, chapter one, verse twenty, all the promises of God are yes and amen. So I, enc- I encourage you to, to, to read the, the Apostles by Paul. <laughs> not, not, not Paul Duckworth. <laughs> the Apostles written by... Um, the letters written by the Apostle Paul because Paul wrote to, to the Gentile church, didn't he? And, he, and he? and he explains things in a language that is so easy to understand. And I think quite often we, we, over, we, we overlook the importance of, of understanding... The, the the great truths that God gave to Paul, the revelations, uh, of course, the gospels, you know, the the, the for us all, um, but the rest of the Bible is is literally a Jewish Bible and takes quite a Jewish background and understanding of of all the you know the Jewish way of life, and that's exciting as well. But let's not, as Gentiles, let's not rule out the importance of reading, uh, you know, the the part of the Bible that was written specifically. For us Gentiles. So just a little encouragement for you on that. Um, verses 4 to 14, we get much more detailed, itemised spiritual bank statement. So it is not a to-do list. It is what God has already done list. Every single entry is on the income side. And in fact, there are no debits at all on this bank statement of God. <laughs> Do you like that, Dorian? <laughs> so here, the Apostle Paul unpacks what it means for us to be eternally blessed. He looks at the past and the present and our eternal future. We are going to look at four main points in those verses. The first is, I am chosen in Christ. I am not an accident. God wanted me. He chose me and he had a purpose for my life. That predated my birth. Isn't the Bible fantastic? 
Whilst preparing the study, I felt the Lord reaffirm something that he's been speaking to me about for many years. It's, it's two things. One is that the Lord doesn't view the importance of money as we do. Nor does he put the same importance of these bodies as we do. That's an interesting one, isn't it? I think as people, we, we put a real high importance on money and a real high importance on our, our life and our human bodies in this world. But yet both are going to perish. Um, for example, the sto- story of Judah and his two sons. And, and I felt it to bring this into it because sometimes in past times when I first read the Bible, I could take things and, and, and read them in quite a negative way. For, for example, when I read the Old Testament for the very first time after I was saved, I was terrified of who God really was because I was seeing this terrible, awesome God and all his power and the way he executed judgment on his enemies. And quite frankly, it freaked me out. Um, but So here's, here's an example of Judah and his two sons. Those who know the story, I think it's Genesis 38, um, the, one of the, Judah's eldest son has died and, he, and he's married to his daughter, Judah's daughter-in-law, Tamar. And, and the, the Jewish tradition was to take, the, the next brother in line would take the, the wife of the deceased, take her on and, and bear, bear a family for the, the brother that had died. And the reason being is because it was all about honour and respect and keeping the name of the dead brother alive. And, um, and so this was, this was the tradition. So the, 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 um, the, the, next, the next brother, eldest brother in line, he went and took the place, and um, and it, and he he basically made la 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 love to his wife, and it 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 didn't please the Lord because he didn't want to impregnate it. You all know the story, but the the point of the story is the the Lord killed and and snuffed his life out, and then the same happened again with the next brother, and I and I was I, when I first read the story, I was thinking, wow. God is someone not to be messed with. God's, God's took the life of this man here. But again, as years passed, I started to look at what I was saying about we, we put this great importance upon our lives in this world. But in the, life of, in, the, in the light of eternity, it's not so important. Because this, if you read the story in its fullness and you, and you understand that Jesus came down that line of Judah... In the end, Judah withheld the rest of his sons because he was frightened that the same would happen and he'd lose more of his sons. And, 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 and so then the woman herself tricked Judah and she got impregnated by him. And it was a work of the Lord, wasn't it? Because through that pregnancy, Jesus came, that, came down through that line, through that lineage. So can we see the bigger picture? Again, you know, Ananias and Sapphira, we, we, we just look at it as a, a really scary story. And it is. Lying to the Holy Spirit is, is not something that we want to take lightly. But have you ever thought that th- these two weren't condemned to hell because of this? They just paid a very high price in this world for publicly humiliating 
and disrespecting the Lord mm-hmm. at, at a time when the, the, the Holy Spirit was doing such a deep work and building the church, you know. So the, it's, it's not so negative as we think in the light of eternity, these things. Um, Ephesians 1.4 tells us that God the Father chose us in Christ before the creation of the world. When he chose us to be in Christ so that I, we, might be holy and without blemish, and that I might be one day like God himself. That's, a, that's an amazing, it's, this is an amazing journey that we're on, that God wants us to share in his glory and in his holiness, and he chose us before the world began. The tragedy is, though, that some of us act oblivious to this wonderful inheritance that is ours, and so this bank account is just sitting dormant and mostly unused with some of us. And with some of us, you wouldn't even know that we had such an inheritance because of the way we walk around and act so spiritually destitute. Imagine you are the owner of a very rare and spectacular plant, and you have a number of potentially beautiful vases to choose from to display your plant in but they are dirty and first need cleaning up. This is a picture of God with us. He chooses the vases, us, and cleans, cleans them up. And then he places the spirit of his son in those vases. It's mind-blowing, isn't it? It's, when it's real, it affects you. It affects you emotionally because you know what he's done for you. It is important for us to understand that when we come to the Lord, this clean-up operation is lifelong and it's ultimately in preparation for the day that we meet him. I'm just going to read um, through this one in. Uh, to Peter. Don't mind me throwing one in, dear Rob. <laughs> to, to Peter, chapter 1, 5 to 11. I love, love these verses. But also, for this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and you abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. If you do these things, you will never stumble. And so an inheritance will be supplied to you abundantly, into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. That last verse blows me away. We can live our lives, not in our own strength, but in the power that God empowers us through his spirit. And so that when we breathe our last in this world, in this body, we 
enter into God's kingdom and there is literally a party going off. And we for, we for once, if you're anything like me, feel good about yourself. Because you laid down your life and it wasn't yours, it was the Lord's. You know, we can let God deal with us in this life. Or we can face him face to face. It says, I'm talking about... I'm talking about. I'm not talking about God's judgment and wrath. I'm talking about the judgment seat of Christ. We can we can stand before the judgment seat of Christ and just be getting our awards one after the next, because we let the Holy Spirit of the Living God deal with us in this life, and we didn't stop our ears. So God wants us to be vessels fit for the Master's use. The first blessing is that we are chosen in Christ and set apart for his glory to be displayed in us. We need to live a clean and pure life and not display Christ in a dirty and unclean vase. I am adopted in Christ. This is number two. Twenty left. Just joking. (laughs) If you know anything about the adoption process, you'll know that a child is brought into the family, is just as much a part of that family as those born through blood. And in fact, it's fair to say that with adoption, there is absolutely no doubt that that child was completely chosen. And through circumstances that are very sad, sometimes a child that is rejected by one can be the one that is completely sought after by another. We read in Ephesians 1, to, um, 1 5, verse 5, In God's love, he has predestined us to be adopted as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise and glory of his grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. No matter what your situation was, and there are some very unfortunate and sad circumstances, God chose you. God chose you. God chose you. He chose you and he planned for you to be called his child even before the creation of the world. In the Roman world, adoption carried with it the weight of of the child becoming an heir to the father's estate. This is the exact same thinking as our father to us. He plans for us to be an heir and to share in his glory. Remember the guy Ronald paid you with the pay it all account, you blew it all. Well, in a different way, we serve a pay it all God and his resources can never run out. The next one is, I am free and I'm forgiven in Christ. In the, in, in the ancient world, if you were a slave, the only way you could be free was if someone could pay the price for your freedom. In Ephesians 1, 7 and 8, we read how Jesus came to pay for us to be freed from sin. It says, in him, we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. So, Jesus, 
Jesus paying the price for us all. Let's let's just talk for a moment because there's people you need to hear. What God done, it's, it's an absolute mystery. Let's pretend it's not normal. It's not normal. The Bible describes it as the mystery of godliness. The, the God, the Godhead, three in one, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Anyone understand it? I don't. Do you understand it, Dad? <laughs> it's a mystery, but it's, it's, it's wonderful. And the Lord gives us snippets of what this union and is like that in a way that we can understand just a little bit. For example, families, husband and wives, that union is a, a little bit like the union that God and the, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit have. And he also gives us another one with Christ and the church. And we haven't got time to go into all the ins and outs of of, of um, the message of Christ and the church. But it's, it's a fantastic one. And it's one where God brings us, the church, to himself. And he makes us one with himself. His commitment to us is absolutely mind-blowing. It's absolutely second to none. Sometimes we only think about our commitment to him. And we think it's a little bit much, Lord. But if we can even comprehend the commitment that he has to us, it is absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. And so Jesus paying, paying the price. I've thought about this so many times, and, we, and, and we need, because we know the story, and, and, we, and, and we've been brought up with it for so many years, sometimes we take it for granted, don't we? God forgive us. And we think, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Well, actually, no, it's not just Jesus died on the cross for our sins. It's Jesus died on the cross for our sins. God manifested himself in the form of his son in human flesh. And he came into this world and he lived a life that not one of us could live. And he died in our place. He died so that... Because there's not one per- person in this room, not one person in the world, not even Doreen, bless her heart, can qualify in their own righteousness to get into the presence of Almighty God. Some of us have sinned more than others. Someone once said that when you look down and you look at all the skyscrapers, you can't see the size of the tall ones, you just see skyscra- skyscrapers. Some have sinned more than the others. But every single one of us need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from all sin. And without the blood of Jesus shed on the cross, we cannot gain access into God's glory that he one day wants to share with us. When we come to the Lord in this world and we say, yes, Lord, I want to follow you, his spirit enters our life supernaturally. And in that moment, the Bible describes us as being born again. And in that moment, we somehow understand and we feel connected to God's kingdom. Try explaining that to someone who's not experienced it. But when you've experienced it, you know, and you are connected, and it's just a a work that's begun. One day it will be completed in in its full entirety and its unity. So, Jesus lived a life that we couldn't live, so that we can one day enter into God's presence. Look at Almighty God face to face and be welcomed by him. 
Number three, I am expectant in Christ. Number four, isn't it? How do do you feel in this world? Out of control, despair, as the scriptures say, people's hearts fail in them. If if, If we look at just this world and we only ever listen to to the news, and we don't listen to the spiritual news and look at our spiritual bank accounts and look at what God has done for us and stay focused, be transformed by the renewing of our minds, and we only look at the the negativity that pounds us daily, we, we can almost fall into the trap of feeling the despair, can't we, that others feel. Around us, people taking their own lives, just countless people just they don't know the way they've they've they don't even know about god they've lost sight of any type of hope they may not have even heard of any type of hope if if i had never heard of the lord and 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 this great gospel message i i don't know how i'd feel today but i think i'd be on the depression list When the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Ephesians that we're studying, he, was, he himself was facing some very challenging circumstances because he was in jail, for one. And, the, and for those of you who know the Bibles, the sufferings that that man went through. And before you say it, well, why would God allow such a man to go through those sufferings? Well, right at the very beginning, God made it very clear that Paul was going to go through those sufferings. And God allows some people to go through sufferings for reasons that only God knows. Who are we to question God? But if we come out of those sufferings better people, then it's mission accomplished. So we need... uh, Paul was a man who... And us like Paul, we need to stay focused... We need to understand. I can honestly say, do you know, I don't think I've got that many good points, but I, I honestly, one thing that I can say about myself is I always look to the future. I always think, not about death, but life. I always think that time could come, any time. That day where the Bible says, do you know what the Bible says about the day of our death? It says, the Lord now requires our lives. That's how it works. Like we heard before about like diagnoses and prognosis and things that are said about us. Don't believe them. Even if they're true, that's okay. God is the boss. God sits on the throne. God says when and what and how things are going to happen. And so we need to stay focused. We need to understand what Jesus is the master physician Correct me if I'm wrong. We need to understand what his report is about our lives. And I'm not saying we should act foolishly. But what I am saying is God first. God first. And let's, let's have faith first and, and hope first and love first and spiritual understanding first before we start entering, entering into the carnal mind and way of thinking. So Ephesians 1, 9 and 10, it says, He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, 
to put into the into effect when the times will have reached their fulfilment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So what does this mean? Well, again, it's looking at the future because when we, when we, when we look at what we've been talking about, life in this world, it looks gloomy. And we come to church and we hear, oh, God's on the move. And, and we look in the world and we think, where? But actually, God is on the move. God is seriously on the move. And he's working on hearts individually. And do you know what the big picture is? The big picture is that one day, Jesus Christ, it says in the Bible, that the, sky, the trumpet will sound and the sky will roll up like a scroll. And it says, and there will be the sign of the Son of Man. This is Jesus. Jesus Christ. Jesus the Christ coming back. Not only to claim us, his precious inheritance, but he's also coming to this world. How long for? To begin with, a thousand years. And I love this because this is fascinating because during that thousand years, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to subdue everything that is contrary to the gospel. Jesus Christ is going to be the he he is going to be who he is. He's going to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he is going to rule and reign in this world. Can you even imagine what that is going to look like? The controversy and the scriptures, thousands of scriptures. We haven't got time to go into them, but it says one is and all the kings of the families of the earth. This is like the chief families will have to go to Jerusalem once a year to worship the Lord. It's not a requirement of every single person. That couldn't happen. But it is a requirement of the families of the kings of the earth. And it says, and if one of them doesn't come and worship the Lord at the Feast of Tabernacles in that day, then there'll be no rain, then there'll be no blessing upon that country. So the Lord will subdue. And then... After the thousand years has expired. And by the way, the thousand years is a Sabbath day. And so that's why Satan is bound for a thousand years. Because he's not allowed to do his work on our Lord's Sabbath. And when Jesus reigns, that's why there'll be peace in the world. There'll be no wars. And uh, the, the lions and the, the, the lambs and all of the stories that we've heard, they'll, they'll all be tamed. And a little child like our Eve will be able to set off with them and have a picnic on a a rainy Sunday. But one thing I love about the thousand-year reign of Christ is we we somehow think in our negative thinking that Jesus is going to come, wipe wipe the slate clean, and make a new heaven and a new earth. But actually, that's quite a bit of time later on because first, he's going to fix everything that's broke because our God faces the situations head on and he fixes things that are broke god doesn't bypass things god doesn't uh, brush things under the carpet the lord almighty fixes things that are broke and he cleans things up and in his grace and his love and kindness he gives people ample opportunity to turn to him there'll be not one person on this entire planet on judgment on judgment day who can say to god I never heard this message. Why didn't you tell me? I would have responded. 
Oh, sure, they, they would have responded when they see him all his glory. Now is the time to respond. Reinhard Bonnke said that he believes that every single human being has three divine chances of salvation. I believe that. I'll go with that. Because my Bible tells me that the Holy Spirit is, is the one who convicts the world of sin. And he's the spirit of truth. And it's not with our minds. He doesn't knock on our minds' doors. He knocks on the door of our hearts. And we feel that urgency and that tugging in our hearts. It's not in our minds. Even us as believers have doubts and all kinds of unbelief in our minds. It doesn't go on here. It goes on here. So, as I said earlier, God doesn't put as much importance on our money or even our bodies as, as, as we may think. But he certainly does provide financially, which includes money. God's not against money at all. But he, he wants to be at the top. He wants to be the provider. He doesn't want money to be our provider. He wants God to be our provider. And when I say about our bodies not being important, of course they're important in God fills us with breath and wants us to look after ourselves and, 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 and honour our bodies. But he doesn't want us to put our bodies on a pedestal and worship our bodies. Because Peter describes, just after the verses that I read actually, he says, I must put off this tent soon. That's how we describe I've got tents. Anyone own a tents? <laughs> do, 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 do we think of our tents as really precious body-like you know, treasures? No, we don't. And so these are tents that we walk around in, tabernacles. That, and I'm not saying we shouldn't value them, but let's put the right value on them, not the wrong value. Every time we switch the TV on, all we see is the wrong value of our bodies. People want to look young instead of understanding that we're growing older gracefully and the wrinkles and the grey hair and all this are a lovely gift from God because one day we'll be renewed and we'll be given a brand new body which is incorruptible. We will, it says in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we'll look and we'll go, wow, look at this. We will no longer need the oil of Yule. I am the next one. I am secure in Christ. I'm going to move on. As parents, we want our kids to feel safe and secure, so we constantly tell them how much we love love you. Eve, I love you. And we can tell our families and our kids how much we love them. We can show them by spending time with them, can't we? This is how God reassures us. And he also reassures us through his word. I've put it on, on these notes. Did you know it took the Lord a couple of thousand years to write this love letter to us? A couple of thousand years. Maybe we should pay attention to what's written in it because it's not just... A little quick I love you note on the fridge. And if they, this is not enough, that he's, he's took his time to, to give this to his people, he's also given us his own spirit. His own spirit. See, we all know that the Father can only be in one place. 
and his son who sits next to him on the throne and on high. He can only be in one place. And Jesus, this is why Jesus says, I need to go to his disciples. It's better that I go because if I go, I can come and be with you all individually at the same time. Because this is what the Holy Spirit does. So God's Spirit is, is the Spirit of Jesus. He's the Spirit of the Father. And it's exactly the same as having Jesus Christ living in our hearts. How many times do we go around thinking, if Jesus came to me now and he sat down next to me and I could just have his attention for an hour, guess what? You've got his attention for your whole life. It's his Spirit. It's the Spirit of Jesus that lives inside you. If you've accepted him into your life, the Spirit of Jesus and the Spirit of the Father lives inside you and you've got his attention, all of his attention, all of the time. There's a challenge for us to go and spend some time with him. This is how Jesus keeps his promise by saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Have you ever thought about it? It's not just a word. It's not just a nice statement that he made. It means, here's my spirit. I'm going to stay with you until the end of time. Everything is going to be okay. It's like a father holding the hand of his child and never letting go. um, So, firstly, uh, Paul gives us two pictures of God's spirit coming to dwell with us. First one is... We are sealed with his spirit. It's like ownership and protection, which we've talked about. And the second is like a down payment. You're mine. And this gives us, this down payment of God's Holy Spirit in our life gives us the security and the confidence to know who we are. We've got a little Spanish girl in the midst. <laughs> I'm sure I didn't dress, we didn't dress you like that this morning. <laughs> The, the second, this down payment of God's spirit, I said it gives us the security and confidence to know that we are his. The world doesn't understand this. And the world thinks that there is no proof of God. That we're just sort of hopers, that we just hope and believe this is real. But we know it because we have his Holy Spirit in our lives. Remember the song, you ask me how you know it's real. Because he lives within my heart. It's so simple, yet so profound. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, the great news is, you can. So this is what our spiritual bank account tells us we have. The balance is every spiritual blessing in Christ... Past times, as in before the world even began, I am chosen and adopted in Christ. Present, I am forgiven and free in Christ. Do you know in the present, do you know, if we walk, sometimes we read the scriptures and it can seem quite confusing, can't it? Unless it's just me. But you know where it says, if you walk in the spirit, you are not under law, but under grace. Let's, let's say the opposite. Let's say, if you come out the Spirit, you are now back under law and not under grace. Because somehow, we, and, and the dodgy teachings arise that make us think that somehow 
we say yes to the Lord, follow him, and then we are completely excluded from being under the law. But what it's like is, it's, it's not like that. It's saying if you are in Christ, you come out from underneath the law. And if you remain in Christ, our sins are forgiven, past, present, and even future. And in one aspect, you, it's not even about having to repent and saying we are sorry continually. Although I don't recommend going down that line because we hear some, again, dodgy teachings saying that we no longer need to repent. And it's just a, a misunderstanding of, of God's grace. But, but what we need to stay focused on is that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And liberty, but we need to stay in him. If we come out of him, believe me, we are back on the law. We have to stay walking in Christ to be freed from the law. And it's a great place to be because we were never meant to be under the law. Um, Paul said, the law was my tutor to bring me to Christ. And the future... So the balance, the, pa- the past, the balance of every spiritual blessing in Christ, the past I am chosen and adopted in Christ, the present I am forgiven and free in Christ, past, present and future, and the future to come I am expectant for everything that Christ is going to do. The, does this almost seem too good to be true? How and why would God want to choose me and you? Someone once said that this gospel message is a fairy tale that's real. How do we receive Christ? We surrender our lives over to God. We believe that his forgiveness is not something that we can earn. When I first had this revelation of God's grace, I heard the word grace all my life. But then one day the Lord revealed it to me, what it really meant, and something inside me just clicked. And I realised it didn't matter how great my sins were. What mattered was that God was offering this completely free gift of eternal life. And all I had to do is just say yes. It's all I had to do is just say yes to him. That's all we have to do. God doesn't, God doesn't require anything from us. All he wants to do is forgive us and give to us and add to us and bless us. Who wouldn't want that? But it has to come by revelation. It has to come by us understanding by the Holy Spirit. I remember the first time, I wonder if my mum remembers this, that we we, uh, we lived in Hugomont Avenue, for those of you who know, just around the corner. And, and, um, And... the next day was my first bank account that was going to get opened. And I had 10 quid to put in it. Do you remember that? And we walked around the corner and I put my £10. Probably got withdrew the next day and spent. But I was so excited to put this £10 deposit into my new bank account. I couldn't wait. When we give our lives over to follow Jesus, he gives us immediate access to his bank account, to his spiritual Bank account that we've been talking about with untold funds, spiritual blessings in it. There's nothing that is not there at God's resources for us. 
nothing. There is nothing that is not there at God's resources for us. Um, when Jimmy Brown gave us that word earlier on, he didn't know what I was going to be speaking on. And this morning, I just, I really did feel like we needed a time of prayer for things. Whatever those things are, whatever needs that you have, be it you want to give your life over to the Lord for the first time, you are very, very welcome. There is no time like the present. If you've had a horrible report from the doctors, then we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. And if you've got anything that you just feel moved about and that you want to have prayer over today, then do you know what? The power of the Holy Spirit is here, present, to heal, to save and deliver. And so I encourage you, come and we will pray, not just me, it's not about me praying for people. The power of the Lord is here and we will pray for you because it's important that you don't go away, but you act when the power of the presence of the Lord is here. So I'm going to draw this to a close now. And I'd like us to read our memory verse together again so that we, do, we go away and remember this. And then immediately after, let, let us, um, those who want prayer, please just co- come to the front and, and there's plenty of people that are going to want to pray with you. Thank you. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. God bless you. Thank you.